Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hi, friends. Good morning, and welcome to our podcast today, Everyday Truth. have a uh, postcard here from West Virginia, and this is from uh, Cheryl Hartley and Bruce, uh, two uh, of our friends here at, at Faith and Faithful Church members. And Cheryl said she didn't have any exciting uh, postcards from Stafford. That's just north of us. Uh, but she grew up in West Virginia, and this is a beautiful picture of Seneca Rocks, West Virginia. Don't know if you can see that well, but Cheryl says she's climbed up on those rocks. It's an incredible view. And so thanks, Cheryl and Bruce, for your faithfulness to the Lord, to church, and to the podcast. means a lot. Hey, we're in Mark chapter 7, starting a brand new chapter today, so excited about that. And we've talked a lot about the the activity of Jesus, public ministry, and we've spent some time talking about the feeding of the 5,000 and the storm at the sea and some of the miracles that Jesus performs almost really on a daily basis where people are just reaching out and touching him. and They're bringing their sick friends to him. It's, it's an exciting season in the ministry of Jesus. Uh, but in Mark chapter 7, if you have a red letter Bible, you see a lot of red letters here in the first half of the chapter. It's because Jesus is doing some teaching. And we balance the, the works of Jesus with the words of Jesus. And ironically, some of the biggest, uh, some, of the, some of the most staunch, I should say, co- uh, competition uh, in the ministry of Jesus was not from uh, sinners, quote unquote, we're all sinners, all have sinned, uh, but from the religious crowd. Uh, the religious leaders of Jesus' day did not like Jesus, and they were intimidated by him. They didn't like the fact that he spoke with authority. They didn't like the fact that he didn't abide by their pecking order. Uh, he didn't like the fact that he was seizing control, and the people were following him, not them. Uh, there was just good old-fashioned jealousy going on. And so they would constantly assault him with their man-made traditional laws and their applications that went beyond uh, what the Father intended in giving the Word of God. Of course, Jesus is the living Word himself. And so if anybody is fit to clarify the meaning of the Bible and the reason why God gave us uh, the law, it is Jesus, as we shall see. So look at verse number 1 of Mark chapter 7. Then came together unto him the Pharisees. Now, when we read the word Pharisee in our modern, uh, it just kind of in, in, in our modern, uh, with our Western modern eyes, you know, we've learned that the word Pharisee is a negative term. We've learned that Pharisee means a, a hypocrite, uh, someone that's arrogant, someone that looks down condescendingly on others. So I think most Christians, if you said the word Pharisee, would have a negative connotation. But understand that back in Bible days, the Pharisees were highly respected. Uh, the word Pharisee means separated one. These were they who very fastidiously 
followed God's law. And they were very, very, they were Bible literalists. And uh, they, unlike the Sadducees, they believed in the afterlife. They believed in resurrection. And they were generally very respected by people. Now, in essence, they were hypocrites and they weren't sincere, but they had people kind of uh, buffaloed on some of that stuff. And Jesus dealt with their criticisms. So watch verse number one again, where it says, then came together unto him the Pharisees. So a group of them are coming, almost like a group of hyenas, you know, just circling, scavenging uh, around an, an intended prey. As the Bible says, in certain of the scribes, so the Pharisees, the scribes, those that had given themselves to the, uh, to the production of the Word of God and the copying of it and the study of it, as the Bible says, they came, they came from Jerusalem. So understand that in Jesus' ministry, when, as far as Judaism was, was concerned, you had two major areas uh, where Jewish people were populated. You had the Jerusalem area and the surrounding environs, which we call Judea. And that's where most of the religious Jews lived. Uh, certainly the priests who had to travel there for their shift work at Jerusalem lived near Jerusalem. And so it was a much more religiously charged area. And then the other area where Jews prim primarily lived was Galilee. Now, there, there were other areas, but the two main areas was Galilee. And the Judeans looked at the Galileans like, like they're the backwood they're the hicks, they're the rednecks, they're the, they're the uneducated. So the fact that these religious people, these educated people, uh, the Pharisee and the scribes, as a delegation, were, it, were had come from Jerusalem all the way up to where Jesus is performing these miracles and Jesus is preaching these messages and Jesus is feeding these thousands. I mean, this is a significant thing because what it tells me is that Jesus is, uh, has, has, um, he's come to the notice of the religious elite down in Jerusalem and they don't like it. Look at verse number two. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled that is to say, with unwashing hands, they found fault. So one of the things that the Pharisees loved to do is they loved to take uh, the, the ceremonial law, the civil law as prescribed in books like Leviticus, and they loved to, they loved to make all of these exacting rules that people had to follow that weren't necessarily I even in the law, even in the Bible, but they made these crazy applications. Like, for instance, if you were to go to Israel today, you would realize that a kosher law, the kosher eating, uh, the kosher laws concerning eating, you can't have meat and cheese together. Now, why? Because there is some random verse in the Bible about you're not supposed to seethe a, a, a the kid of a goat in its mother's milk. You can't boil the flesh of a of a baby goat in its mother's milk. So the so the application is well, you know that this cheese that was made might be from the milk of the mother of 
the animal that was given for this meat. So this meat and cheese together really would be a violation of that verse. I mean, it's th- that this is the kind of craziness. And I'm not trying to disesteem, you know, my Jewish friends, but I'm just saying that we all do that. We, we all take God's law sometimes and make these stretch applications. And that's what's happening here. And they did this in any number of ways, especially with the Sabbath day, as we shall see a little bit later in our study. But in this case, they, they saw the disciples of the Lord uh, they, that were eating food and they hadn't washed their hands. Now, this wasn't washing hands like you tell your kids, hey, you've been out playing, go wash your hands with warm water and soap or get some antibacterial on your hands. Don't want those germs. This had nothing to do with biological sanitation. This had everything to do with ceremonialism and the the ceremonial washing of hands. And they hadn't done that. Look at verse number three. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, I mean, like every time they, they eat something, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. Hey, they're not doing what we do. They're not practicing our man-made application of this principle. So therefore they are wrong. In other words, they're elevating their application of what they feel is a biblical law to a level equal with the Bible. They're putting their application at an equal level of authority with the Bible, which is obviously very, very dangerous. Verse number four And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received to hold as the washing of cups, pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. I mean, this just didn't, this ceremonial washing didn't just apply to hands. It applied to a ceremonial washing of this pot or this cup that I used or this other container. I mean, they just applied it to everything, and it really just became a, a, a just a burdensome thing just to eat. It became a burdensome thing just to serve people food. And that which was intended to be a time of fellowship, a time of coming together, a time of unity was actually becoming a burden. Part of what Jesus talked about in Matthew 11, when he said, come unto me, all ye that labor, you're heavy laden. Why the law and their their extraneous applications to the law were causing this kind of burden on the hearts and lives of people. And when they saw the disciples not washing their hands, that just set them off. Look at verse number five. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? Why are they disobeying? You know, if you're such a great man, if you're the miracle worker, if we're to look at you as some kind of a prophet or Messiah himself, you know, how would you have such disdain for the law? And make no mistake about it, the, the, the question here is not so much that we're concerned about what they're doing. No, the question here is, you are a bad leader. How could you allow this? 
What is your low view of God's law? Look at us. We care because we have these applications. You obviously don't care about the law of God because you're not making them do what we do. We are the standard and our applications are the rule. Wow. Now, I know I said a lot right there, and I know you're probably thinking about some church you used to go to, but uh, let's see how Jesus answers it. You know, what, what are we to make of this? And how does this apply to modern day Christianity in the way that sometimes we do the same thing? So not enough time today to answer all those questions, but we set it up. So I think next episode will come. We'll talk about this. Hope you'll join us. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening today. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.